This is Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Now with your hosts, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. And that's how we get started. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. We've got Tony Cordero uh, cracking the whip for us as a producer. Uh, Josh Ewing is always doing a great job on audio. We appreciate you being here as well as we do this for you. Uh, SEC, another week of football coming up right now. Guys, we're roughly halfway through the season. In regards to the SEC, what have we learned so far? I don't think they maybe have the depth they've had in past years of, of national championship contenders, but I will say that it seems like there are still the two at the top and that's Georgia and Alabama. Uh, you know, the uh, rumors of Alabama's uh, falling up, falling off the uh, wagon were a little bit premature, right? I mean, they're still, um, they're still pretty good. And, and Georgia has just continued to take care of business. But after those two, it's kind of a, you know, Ole Miss is, is right there, but they already lost to Alabama. So they're behind them, but everybody else has kind of been up and down and we've seen some bad, some, some losses that you didn't expect some games they gave away different things. So yeah, it's a, I think it's a kind of a jumbled mess after the top two. Yeah. I think Georgia is just almost as good as we thought they were. I think Alabama is a little bit like when you play a boss in a video game, they kind of had their, you know, they kind of had their power monitor down into the red but now they're all the way back into the green and you're like, well, I thought we were going to kill them off, but here they are back to normal Alabama again. Um, <clears throat> LSU has been Brian Kelly'd. They have no defensive backs. So I have no idea what's good, how they're going to be able to survive. And Lane Kiffin, while he may not be the greatest coach in the world, he's still the most interesting man because he can drive Nick Saban nuts. And I still have, I'm fascinated by that. <laughs> He's just like that kid that just annoys you, right? It just you can't get away from him. You've all, you've got him in two classes every year, and you can't, you know, Saban just can't get away from him. But he, you know, still finds a way uh, to meet him. But you're exactly, exactly. right. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Only one SEC team in the top ten that still looks weird because we're so used to there being at least two uh, or three or four. Um, but guys, you're right. Alabama right now. Um, you know, so much for um, running them off. They're going for their fifth straight win this week as they bring in. Uh, Arkansas comes in to, uh, to Bryant-Denny. Um, and what a job last week by uh, Jalen Milrow, uh, career-high 321 yards passing. Um, and, and boy, we've talked before, right, with some, uh, you know, some, some insiders on the shows. Um, his maturation uh, this year from where he was benched earlier in the season after the Texas game, he has really bounced back and has, has really shown um, just uh, some great poise and, and, and great skill. Oh, uh, Jalen Milrow has been fantastic. He really has. I, I think he, he's his ability to make plays, um, you know, outside the pocket to make plays um, down, mm-hmm. <laughs> down the, down the field. And, and also pick up like the short yardage things too. Like on a third and two, he can run for a first down. You don't have to, he's getting more accurate. I, I think the biggest hold up for him, I think he's a, the the things holding him back right now he's not a very accurate short passer he can throw the deep ball he can obviously he's very extremely mobile when he figures out that short passing game where he gets a little bit better at that you know the five and ten yard slants and he's high with those throws a lot this guy's gonna be legit and it might be next year when and we're talking about Jalen Milrow as a Heisman front runner next year because of that 
Yeah, I, you know, he's an interesting guy. And you also have to wonder with with Arkansas coming in there, you know, they've lost four in a row. And and you you certainly have to look at the four that they've played and think, you know, it, it's a kind of a murderer's row. But man, do you do you think that could be a you know, are you looking at this could save a coach's job? Because if I'm Arkansas with all the the uh, Walmart money and McLean money, um, boy, Urban Meyer would know how to how to spend that NIL money. And I'm not certain anybody'd have more than Arkansas if they decided that they want they had a coach they'd want to spend it for. Deep pockets uh, down there, no question. You know, back to Milrow, Nick Saban said this week that he's really learned um, not to allow one play to affect the next play. Milrow talking uh, earlier this week after his big uh, breakthrough win over uh, Texas A&M and looking ahead to Arkansas earlier this week. I think in the offseason, it was very key to enhance my game um, as far as just improving as a whole, being an efficient uh, passer, and then um, also just uh, – you know, training for all positions in the game. I think that's very key. The offseason off season grind, but also just getting with the receivers and getting the timing down with them. Um, and I just give all credit to receivers. You know, they got, op- got open, um, and I was able to deliver the football. But it just came from the offseason um, grind and just trying to prepare as much as possible for all opportunities that present themselves. Oh, yeah, strength of the offseason. Um, I think the biggest thing is just embracing all challenges, embracing all what comes with playing outdoor football. Then that's the strength that we have, just the positive mindset that we all have, no matter good or bad or ugly. Um, it's just a challenge to have, just to have always have a uh, the right mindset. Um, one thing, one model that we have, just now mentality, the now mentality of what's taking place right now. I think that's a very uh, big strength that we have as an offense and something we can always improve on. Um, but um, after the game, that was, a, that was definitely a special moment, just to have my family. Um, and that's one of the most, you know, memorable moments I've had of playing sports, just that moment right there. Jalen, after the Texas game, I asked you how you were going to step into the leadership role on your team. And you said that we haven't seen the end of Alabama. Now we're at the midpoint of the season. You promised us that we would see a new side of your team. Yeah. What have the conversations been like from then to now headed into Arkansas that has allowed your team to rise to the occasion? Yes. Uh, number one, uh, Knowing that we're not nowhere near a finished product, we're nowhere near the finish line. Um, there's no wall that we can't cross. You know, I think that that resonates in the locker room. Um, it's very key for us to be successful in the future. Um, but another thing too is that we have a hungry group of guys. You know, not just in uh, one particular position, all the positions. You know, and then the guys in the room that challenge us to live out to the standard that it needs to uh, needs to be for us to be successful. Um, so there's the many factors that allow us to be successful on Saturdays, and we're still challenging each other now to this day because we're nowhere near the finish line. And we're just hungry to continue to complete, com- compete, and then have the opportunity that's in front of us. Yeah, I, I really think this he's maturity. You can just hear a player that's learning and maturing through as the season goes on. He gets experience now. Uh, this is exactly what you want to see from a college quarterback right here. Yeah, and you can feel the confidence growing uh, and – Maybe that'll help with some of that that passing accuracy. Sometimes, you know, you need to believe you can do it before you can actually do it. But I think Arkansas could be in for a really, really long Saturday. Alabama, 20-point favorite. It's a noon kickoff on ESPN as the Tide again going for their fifth win in a row. 
and trying to climb back into uh, the top 10. Meanwhile, 19th ranked Tennessee at home against Texas A&M. Uh, the Aggies, again, good showing, couldn't finish off and get the win over the tie. They lose by 10 at home. Um, and yeah, But they bring a, a better defense now against um, this uh, Volunteers team looking for some offense. Yeah, A&M is really, you know, they are really good at getting to the quarterback. That's been their thing. They they are able to put pressure on quarterbacks. The The biggest thing that happened to them in the second half against Alabama is they weren't able to get that same pressure. Alabama adjusted. They were able to block better. And, you know, it's very difficult to run the ball against Texas A&M for sure. But at the same time, now you, they, uh, they, I, I think in this case, Alabama found a way to pass the ball against them. They, they found the right matchup. They one guy had eight catches coming in and he caught nine balls for a hundred and you know, Burton. It was crazy. They found that matchup and they just went to it over and over and over. I don't know if, you know, anybody else, you know, maybe, you know, outside of Georgia or maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe Ole Miss or somebody could, could exploit a matchup like that. So I, I think they're going to be okay. They just got to find a way to win these games that they're close in. Yeah. I kind of think if, if, uh, Tennessee can figure out a way to replicate the second half blocking that Alabama did. Then they beat Texas A&M. I, I don't know that, that there won't be an adjustment though. I kind of feel like uh, Texas A&M, even though they're on the road, I kind of feel like their defense is coming together. And I think they will be the team that walks out of this Saturday's matchup with the W. The Vols and AM ranking one, two in the country in average sacks per game. So, again, some good defense on both ends. Uh, but Tennessee head coach uh, Josh Heupel understands you have to win this game uh, if you want any shot at the East Division title with already a loss in conference uh, last month to Florida. Here's Coach Heupel. Yeah, they're good at stopping the run. They're good at getting after the quarterback, too. Um, you know, uh, first of all, they got really good skill. Um, and when I say that, I talk about their base skill up front, too. Um, they're physical, they're dynamic, they're thick. Uh, they play strong, they're multiple up, up front. Um, they've created a bunch of negative yardage plays in, in the run game, and uh, that's given them the ability to get, go get after the quarterback, uh, second and long, third and long, too. So uh, you got to do a great job in communication. Um, you got to win some one-on-ones when you're in a one-on-one. -on -one. Your double team's got to be good enough to, to change the way the, the line of scrimmage looks, too. So uh, big test for us uh, up front and, and across the board offensively. I've said already, they got really good personnel. Uh, quarterback's a smart decision maker. Um, he's able to extend and make some plays with the, his arm, um, but he's always got some balance in, in what he does, too. So uh, we got to do a good job in the run game and, and be able to handle um, all the different pass concepts that you're going to see from Yeah, this, he's exactly right. You, you can't lose a second game. Um, and, and then hope, you know, right here. You, you just can't. There's no chance that they're going to win this the East if they lose that second game. I mean, I just they're they're gonna be out of the out of the mix. And he's exactly right. And that Florida loss looks a lot worse now than it did then. And it didn't look real pretty at the time. Um, those are the things in the SEC. You know, a road game in the SEC is never something you can take for granted. And it, it's this that road loss could be a, a killer for this Tennessee team, uh, especially against a Florida team that's now struggling pretty bad. Yeah, Texas A&M coming in uh, just the second time ever that they've played at Nayland Stadium. My advice to the Aggies and their fans, um, grab your uh, your pain reliever on the way out, your ibuprofen, because uh, my first game ever in Knoxville in 1990 
had to go to the satellite truck into the first quarter. They played Rocky Top on every single oh. first down. You will, they will hate that song so much. Oh my goodness! I just, um, you know, now my wife's from Tennessee, so I have to like it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I like her. <laughs> and I like it. Um, are, <laughs> the Aggies have a chance here, guys. Your thoughts before we go to break? What you know? I, again, it's the SEC, and they're two teams that are you know um, having good seasons. If you're, we mentioned Tennessee. If you're the Aggies, you don't, you know, you want to suffer a third loss, right? No, you, you can't. This is a must-win game for both these teams if they want to have a chance to get the SEC title game. I, I like Texas A&M to pull this one out, though. I really think they're going to find a way to get this done. I'm not sold on Tennessee's offense, and I think A&M will put some uh, pressure on them. Yeah, I agree. It's a CBS game. Texas Mike's A&M. finally figuring it out. You realize I said that, right? it. I said it first. He's you finally know figuring it out. Just <laughs> after Brad speaks, just say, I agree. Uh, <laughs> you will hear later why Brad is so smug r- right now. So he's, <laughs> he is the, um, are we keeping track of picks? <laughs> you know, Brad, what, what's the new nickname? I am. I don't draft, know about you guys. You draft Kings, <laughs> bet MGM. Bet <laughs> MGM, bet MGM yeah, Sturt. Maybe really I should do that. Don't get the high school coach in trouble here, uh, Larry. That's right. Three thirty right. PM kickoff uh, on CBS. So stay with us much more uh, SEC coming up. Uh, we're just getting started here in the show. Uh, we're going to talk more about uh, the uh, aforementioned uh, Mr. Kelly, um, who boy, talk about lack of defense. Um, it was almost like that high school game in North Carolina last week uh, in Columbia. Uh, also, we'll hear from speaking of the Tigers. Um, who are going into a Kentucky team trying to lick their wounds uh, after uh, getting pounded at Georgia. It's all ahead on Big Ten Radio, SEC edition, after this. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it you get your money back but you're gonna love it and you're gonna love the price internet for your home for 50 bucks a month that's less than two bucks a day plus no contracts no upfront costs no equipment fees and our 15-day guarantee call now 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 that's 800-215-0341 Welcome back to the show, Big Sports Radio SEC Edition. Larry, Mike, and Brad. Hey, let's talk uh, some other games we're watching. Battle of the Tigers, uh, Auburn and LSU, fellas. Yeah, interesting. Uh, LSU, you know, uh, they they hopefully they bring all their defenders um, and or find some defenders uh, if they're going to win that one, right? So, no, I think uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I like LSU here in this one though because they're going to score lots of points. Yeah, LSU is scary. They're going to score a ton of points, but their defensive backs just don't seem to be able to guard anyone. Thank goodness for a great quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, LSU Tigers certainly can score. Um, Brian Kelly, the coach, talking about that and says, unlike uh, Kagley, he thinks his defense is playing better. 
think you start with, you know, three of the four games on the road against top 25 opponents, you know, so outstanding teams on the road, you know, Florida State, Mississippi, Missouri, all quality opponents. And certainly, you know, we wish we could have, you know, fared better in, in a couple of those games. But, um, you know, we're certainly, you know, playing at a high level uh, offensively and we need to continue to improve defensively. And that's, you know, obviously we've given up too many points on the road, but I think our guys have done a great job in their preparation on the road. Um, clearly, you know, outside the Florida State game, uh, we had a great chance to win the Mississippi game. So I'm really proud of the way they've handled themselves on the road, but it's been a difficult schedule. And so um, we're seasoned, um, we're right in the hunt, and, you know, the season's in front of us. So with five out of the six, you know, remaining at home, uh, we feel like we're in a good position. Let's go take care of business. You know, our offense is playing at a high level. We've got to get our defense uh, to be much more um, in sync with what we're doing. And and I think we took a step in that direction. I'm not saying it's a leap in any fashion, but we took a step in that direction, and we need to continue to do that. So that's really the charge here. And still play complementary um, offense and defense and special teams. You know, we got a big play from – from Jay Bram late in the game on that on that punt, that was a huge play that backs them up, and we get, you know, we get the interception. I mean, there were a lot of things that happened in the game where if we got an interception, our offense came back and scored a touchdown, or vice versa. They were complementing each other well, in, including special teams. We need more of that moving forward in the back end of this this uh, season. What are they getting better at? That that becomes the question. I I don't know. We certainly are not seeing it on the. Maybe we're seeing it on some film. We need to break it down. This guy's one step closer to almost not giving up a touchdown. Yeah, I think that that may be it. Or they're better at doing that dance that Brian Kelly does when he's doing the recruiting with them. Um, <laughs> that is about it. I can't see anything. And and I know an LSU booster who needs counseling whenever uh, whenever they give up that many points. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a battle of teams that gave up a ton of points last week, uh, the team LSU beat Missouri is at 24th ranked Kentucky, the team that uh, got hammered uh, at Georgia. Uh, fellas, let's listen to uh, Mark Stoops, who admits uh, it just wasn't their night last week in Athens. Just uh, outcoached, outplayed and, uh, in every area, and uh, we need to get back to work and, and be a better football team. You know, um, you're going to face adversity. In this league, uh, the teams we play, you're going to hit some tough patches. It's how you respond um, and how you react to it and how you move forward. Um, it, it, you could sit there and look at our league, and we're barely at a halfway point, and there's one team in our league that's undefeated. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't lost a league game in 23 games. Uh, there's a reason for that. They're doing some things at an extremely high level. Give them the credit uh, for for what they did Saturday night and uh, the way they played. And uh, as for us, it's got to get back to uh, controlling the things we can control, and that's how we prepare. Uh, we got to get some guys healthy. We got to get healed up. We got to have a great week of practice. I know every time we play Missouri, it's a good football game. You know, I'm, I have a lot of respect for Coach Drinkowitz. I, I like Eli. I, I know him. I could, you know, we will both uh, do everything we can to get our team prepared uh, for this week and to play at a high level. 
Well, you know, now the question with Mark Stoops is, do you know, will they have enough NIL money to keep his guys for next week? I guess maybe that's his next thing. So, no, I, I think Stoops has a great point, you know, trying to even the field. But, you know, they got to take it. I know you're talking about the Georgia game and everybody's talking about Georgia. Kentucky's in a different situation. Like, I don't think many people worried about them losing to Georgia. But now they're at home. They need to beat Missouri if they want to have, you know, be on the right track. Yeah, and that that's Missouri's a tough team. And, and Kentucky obviously isn't in the class of Georgia, but they've got to really kind of recover from that because they don't want one loss to turn into two. Yeah, and how about Devin Leary? Um, you know, the quarterback coming over on the you know deal. Uh, word is it's a was a million dollar NIL deal as he transferred from NC State. Uh, wanted to go a place where he felt would help his draft stock, like uh, Will Levis, who was there the last couple of years, transferred from Penn State. Uh, this has not been a good half season for Leary. Um, you know, he was 10 of 26 and even Stoops said, Hey, some of those passes, he's got to hit. Yeah. He's not been the guy that we thought he was going to be right. This hasn't been that guy. Yeah. Should have joined his brother at Illinois, I guess. <laughs> Tigers and Wildcats Kroger field, seven 30 PM Eastern on sec network Saturday night. Stay with us more to come after this. We'll talk uh, from Mike Farrell. We'll hear the recruiting side of things after this. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. You're listening to Big Sports Radio, SEC Edition. Big Sports Radio, SEC Edition. Larry, Mike, and Brad here. We've got producer Tony uh, making sure we do things the right way for you. Hey, joining us uh, here on the show, Mike Farrell. He is the godfather of uh, football recruiting. Uh, MikeFarrellSports.com. He's been doing this uh, for some of you longer than you've been alive. I don't mean that in a bad way for him. Uh, just to let you know, he knows what he's talking about. Mike, good to have you here on the show. Um, look, when you talk SEC, um, it's recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. And, you know, I mean, other conferences can argue, but really no one does it better. No, and no one, yeah, listen, everybody says cheating and all that other stuff, whatever. I mean, it just means more. It means more. The border wars are just insane. Um, they pull out all the stops, and now with NIL and the portal, it's just getting nastier and nastier, but that's how you win, and that's what you do. And, and you know, if you have to cheat, you cheat. 
that's just the way it is. And then Big Ten fans will get very upset. Like, oh, yeah, we're Michigan. We haven't won a national championship in, a, in 100 years because we can't cheat. Well, sorry, but there's no even landscape in college football whatsoever. Uh, the Vanderbilts of the world have to play the Georgias of the world, and they have different academic restrictions. Northwestern, you know, has to play Ohio State. Just the way it is. But nobody does it better than the SEC recruiting, period. You know, the funny thing is, Mike, if if NIL dollars were really thrown around, the Ivy League could make both the SEC and the Big Ten <laughs> cry like little girls if they Somebody really wanted to. said that the other day. Like, if the Ivy League ever decided to get rid of academic restrictions and go full-on football, they would just own – we would be go back to, I don't know, whatever, the 1900s where, yes. you know, the Harvards and Yales were winning national championships a year yeah. in, year out. Georgia would be an afterthought. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is, is let's face it, you've got Georgia and Alabama, you know, the, 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 the two biggest bullies on the block. Does anybody have a recruiting class that's going to help get closer to these two? Or are they maintaining that incredible talent advantage that they have? I mean, there's a couple teams that have very solid recruiting classes. Georgia's still number one. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a clear line of success when it comes to recruiting. It's been since I started doing this uh, way back in Vince Young, when he was being recruited at Texas, they had number one class. They end up going, um, you know, winning the national championship, then LSU and Nick Saban, they win the national championship. <clears throat> it morphs into Pete Carroll at USC. And then that morphs into urban Meyer at Florida. And that morphs into Nick Saban uh, at Alabama. And then all the national championships those teams had, and then Kirby was back to back to back number one recruiting classes. And I tweeted out before he won his first one, I said, he's going to win. He's going to win at least one, maybe two. Um, and he did. So is there a team, Texas A&M? Maybe. I don't think Jimbo's the guy. I don't think the staff he put together is the, is the staff. They're very inconsistent. I think there's a lot of infighting there. There's a lot of really, really horrible individuals on that coaching staff. And I just don't think they're going to get it done because the, the the culture and the chemistry is not going to be there. But they have the number one recruiting class in 2022. They have the number two recruiting class right now in 2024. Talent-wise, they can do it. Florida, having a great recruiting class, but Billy Napier is not going to last because they're too impatient there. They just don't wait long enough. Um, and then you think about the other two, you know, Oklahoma and Texas coming in. They have a chance. But right now, it's still Georgia to me, Alabama, just below them. And then everybody else trying to fight in there and see if they can make. I mean, Georgia's probably going to win another national championship unless Michigan does. Uh, they look that good. Alabama's kind of fading. So I think this is an opportunity for Texas and Florida, Oklahoma, Texas to jump up. Talk with Mike Farrell here of uh, MikeFarrellSports.com, a recruiting guru. You know, um, spending a lot of time in the South, um, coming up here, I think my 10th year of doing Georgia high school football championships, play by play for those teams. It's amazing to be in doing my research, just how many of these kids, I don't care what class, what level, how small the school is. Um, you've got, you know, power five programs coming in and talking to these kids. Uh, and it's like that in Florida. It's like that in Alabama. Um, how key are the quality of the, the high school programs and even the feeder younger youth programs in the South for creating these quality recruits? I mean, these are kids when they, when they get to high school, they, they're already on a higher level than maybe. Um, kids their same age in other parts of the country? It's important. I think the competition level from a young age is the most important thing. I mean, you've got the advantage, of course, in the Southeast that you can train year-round. 
Uh, you also that have that advantage in, in California and Texas, but they're more focused on seven on seven play, more team oriented events. In the Southeast, it's individual and it's an individual against individuals since they're six years old. And you got guys like Sony Michelle, uh, who, you know, went on to win a Super Bowl, um, starting in varsity and as an eighth grader. Um, you know, you, you just, you see in the Southeast, and I include, you know, North Carolina there with Chris Leak being, you know, offered as an eighth grader. They just, they, they get after it earlier. They develop quicker. They can train year round. The competition level, iron sharpens iron type of thing. And that's what makes them better. The programs are good. I mean, but there's good programs everywhere. I mean, I would put an organizational program in LA or, or a De La Salle in Northern California, um, right up there with any of the programs in the Southeast, but the talent is just different. Um, and it's that competition day after day going against each other. You don't see it, you know, you don't see it in other states. Georgia has taken a huge step up over the last 15 years, I would say, when it comes to talent. Um, and that's simply because kids are getting involved in football younger. They're competing younger. These youth programs get them out there competing against each other at 10 years old. And, and that's why you see the Southeast with such a huge advantage in the NFL draft and in college football. You know, the Southeast, the Southeastern Conference is going to have two new teams next year. And, and these are not small fish coming into the pond. How will recruiting be affected with Oklahoma and Texas jumping into the mix? And will the Texas A&M fans go crazy being back in the conference with the people that they've been trying to avoid for so long? Yeah, they won't be happy. Um, recruiting is going very well at Texas A&M, as I mentioned before. You know, the biggest issue is there's, there's ups and downs. So the up is, you know, Texas and Oklahoma can now sell the SEC, and that's a big selling point on the recruiting trail because when you look at the NFL draft year after year after year, not only in the first round, but one through seven, more SEC players are drafted than anybody else every year consistently. Um, the bad is that they're going to the SEC, and it's going to be a nine-game schedule eventually, a nine-game in-conference schedule. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be – there's no more – and I, I don't really want to pick on these teams because, honestly, these teams have given Oklahoma and, uh, and, and Texas some trouble over the years. But the Iowa States and the Kansas of the year when they were really down – there's no games like that on your schedule, you know, save for Vanderbilt. So there's two sides to it. I think Oklahoma is the one that has the bigger challenge because they don't have a home state. You know, they've got five good kids roughly in Oklahoma every year. They got to go on the road and win these games, uh, recruiting battles. Texas A&M is the one that's going to be impacted the most here, though, and LSU to an extent. Uh, although Texas Texas and Oklahoma are going to try to go into Louisiana. They're not going to win many battles there. They just can't against LSU. Um, but Texas, the state of Texas is now you're going to have everybody in the SEC coming in there. LSU comes in there. Texas A&M trying to keep them home. And now Oklahoma and Texas recruit that very heavily. Um, that's going to be probably the most exciting state to follow in recruiting, um, even more so than Florida, uh, once they get in the SEC. You know, one thing um, that obviously dominates college sports these days is name, image, likeness, NIL, uh, you know, players being able to capitalize on their, uh, you know, their image, their celebrity, if you will. Um, is there a team in the SEC that you think has really taken advantage of the new NIL rules these past couple of years, maybe more than others? It's A&M for sure. I mean, they've got so much money there. I mean, the boosters, they're just, 
you know, but but here's the thing. With Texas coming in there, they're just going to be right up there as well. Alabama doesn't have a great NIL collector. It's not bad. But Saban's complained about, you know, the fact that we're moving to an NIL world because he knows that they can't really compete with the A&Ms in Texas of the world. Georgia's okay. Not great. Um, Florida's collective isn't good at all. The whole Jaden Rashada quarterback thing went up at Arizona State. That was a whole debacle. And it's sort of an example of how they can lose kids. Um, you know, it's it's... It's really Texas A&M, and, and I think, honestly, LSU and Tennessee have really good collectives as well. Um, Tennessee, Nico Imaleva, you know, $8 million man, I don't think any of that's true, but he got a, a big bag to come there, and they can get boosters going. LSU, if you got the right coach and they're backing him, I don't think Brian Kelly's the right coach, and I don't think they're going to back him. He's not their guy. Uh, but once you get a coach in there, I think that they're willing to back. They could They could – pour out money, you know, and, and hang with Texas A&M in Texas. But to me, it's the two Texas schools. They just have endless NIL money, and, and that's going to be a big impact. You know, Mike, a question I'd like to ask you, because you're about the only one who knows this stuff, wow. is now that they're in the ACC and they've got boosters who said, don't worry, we'll cover nine years of not getting TV money. Is SMU back in the game? <laughs> and are they going to make a difference? Because we all remember, because we're all old enough to remember yeah. when the 80s were around, ain't nobody penalty. got a bag like they had. Until they got the death penalty. Yeah. I yes. mean, obviously, big Eric Dickerson fan. Um, you know, Same here. Uh, definitely not a Craig James fan. I was as a player, but as a human being, just horrible. Um, but, I mean, the Dallas market is huge. SMU's got oil money. <clears throat> Can they make a difference? I don't know. See, there's a combination of things. It's not just the bag. You have to produce NFL football players because here's the thing. There was this whole thing about Caleb Williams can make more money at USC next year than he could as a rookie. That's not true. I mean, you hear these numbers. You hear these inflated numbers of NIL money. It's not true. Um, yeah, you can make really good money if you're Caleb Williams. Um but everybody's not making that type of money. So SMU would have to win. They'd have to win big, start churning out NFL football players consistently before they make a huge. So any, you can have somebody with massive money. And we joked about the Ivy League, you know, at, at times, you know, having all the NL billionaires and all the money. Um, it's chicken or egg. Like, which is, is the money first and then you start producing NFL football players or is it NFL football players and then the money? I think right now it's still NFL first and development and then the money. So SME is going to have to prove it by winning on the field. You know, we've got another change in terms of all of the, you know, the, the college movement, right? The Pac-12 essentially is gone um, come July. Uh, you know, they may retool and add some teams or do some things. But then as we know it, um, there's about to be a only power four leagues and not five um with that change with the massive tv money we're already seeing usa today's coaches um you know the, the salaries coming out of the top 26 21 already right now are in the sec and the big Ten. that's before these new massive tv contracts even kicked in we're already there right now it's a power two. look ahead five six years if you can in your crystal ball i mean what's this going to look like here come the end of the decade <clears throat> it just feels like you're going to have you know, there's a couple of a couple of possible twenty league, twenty team leagues possibly in that area, um, and everyone else trying to scramble just to kind of be in the same neighborhood. Yeah, it's obviously 
I mean, the SEC is going to get stronger. Um, you know, they're still going to be number one. There's a debate as to whether the Big Ten is number two. Um, yeah, they have the one national championship from Ohio State. Um, ACC has more. You know, uh, obviously, Florida State won, and then Clemson won a couple. Um, the salaries, those are the, the two conferences where it's going to be, you know, you're going to be able to get the highest paid coaches, and you're going to be able to take care of whoever you want. And their NIL money is going to be bigger and stronger as well. So you would assume – the 12 team playoff that you're going to have, you know, more teams from the NCC and the Big Ten in there. Um, what's going to happen is Dion is going to change the structure of head coaching salaries, um, whatever he goes next, or if Colorado's smart and the Big 12 smart, he's going to be um, sharing in the actual revenue. He's going to be a, he's going to get a share. Um, it's not just going to be salary anymore. So what the smartest thing that, that the Big 12 in Colorado could do right now is get together, figure out a way to give this guy some money that he's going to be making through Colorado and all the money I think they've made. You know, by my estimate, based on the Big 10, 12 move, they've made probably $500 million off of him alone. And the Big 12 itself will benefit from that as well. And everybody says, well, if Dion goes 5-7 and seven every year, no one's going to care. Those 5-7 and seven every year, he's going to jump to another team. You know, so if you have revenue sharing in the Big 12, maybe you can get Dion in a Big 12 team. That's going to be the change here. So the coveted coaches, you know, the Urban Myers of the world and the Deion Sanders are going to get revenue sharing. And that's going to play into the TV contracts, it's going to play into everything. And that's, I think, the biggest change you're going to see in the coaches is that TV negotiation is going to include, oh, yeah, we'll give you all this money, Big 12, but you got to include Dion with it. And Dion's going to be locked up. And Dion's going to say, well, give me some of it. And then they're going to say yes. So that's where we're headed. Let me get one more question really quick. I've got about 30 seconds here. Um, portal recruiting right now, when will it overtake high school recruiting in terms of importance? And are we already there? Not there yet. Uh, it's getting close, though. I mean, the portal, we've got some teams, you know, that have made runs with the portal. Obviously, we've got Dion being infamous for taking, you know, 85% of his roster. But not there yet. Um, there's problems with the portal. They're in there for a reason. It could be an academic homesick. It could be a talent thing. It could be your your fifth string. So it's important because it's plug and play. But high school recruiting is still the lifeblood. I don't think we're close to that yet. I think it's going to be more 70 to 65% high school and 30 to 35% portal for a long time. Yeah, sounds good. Mike, we appreciate your time as always. All right. Always great information. We'll talk with you soon. All right. All right, Mike Farrell, he's the godfather of recruiting. You can check him out. MikeFarrellSports.com is his website. Give him a follow on Twitter or X at M Farrell Sports. Um, he's just, he's the guru. That's all there is to it. Uh, great stuff with him. Stay with us. Uh, Big Sports Radio, SEC Edition is back after this. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Attention business owners. Have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS? Instead of waiting months to a year plus, how would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? 
Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. You're listening to Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Other stories that we uh, that caught our eye this week. You know, Mark Stoops got just uh, shellacked, right? Kentucky at Georgia. Look, I mean, Georgia's number one. It is what it is, right? So, But Stoops um, made some comments this week basically challenging the UK fan base. Either he's challenging them to give more money or he was accusing Georgia of something. I don't know. Brad, what what'd you think? Well, I think it's a great way to say, hey, they, they have more money than we do, so we need right. more money. I mean, basically, <laughs> is what he's saying. Yeah, And, uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, it's competitive guys. You want to you want to win. And it, it's a difficult it's the world we're living in now is you have to be able to compete in, with NIL dollars. If you don't compete with NIL dollars, you are basically swimming upstream. And, and that's just the reality. And the irony of this is, though, that Kentucky probably has the best NIL basketball program, at least the top five NIL basketball program in the country. And and, and so it's the irony is that they don't for football, though. So, uh, it's yeah, I think he's so trying fun. to call out, you know, basically John Calipari without calling out John Calipari. <laughs> So what you do is, you know, you call out Kirby Smart and that's the safe way to do it. But basically, he's basically he's the guy on the interstate who's screaming at somebody in a 70 mile per hour zone for going 70 miles per hour because that's what George is doing. And, you know, there's a lot of coaches who will be frustrated about like, hey, I'm I, my wins are not just because I paid for players. But then we we saw earlier this week that Bill Self and. Kansas was pretty much exonerated for all the crap they did. So, you know, bottom line is, is the NCAA is in a point now where it's like, if you got the players and you win the games, you're the winner and don't worry about how you got there. You know, speaking of the Kansas thing, that guy's that surprised you guys. I really thought that with all that was happening to be more coming down, maybe they almost like it, but it's been so long. You're almost at like a statute of limitations. I mean, yeah, this, I, I think it's dragged I, on so long. And now it's legal, right? I mean, so like, okay, well, we were just, it was NIL from Adidas. So it's all, it's just all how you look at it. But uh, I, I didn't surprise me. I, that's what I expected. And, and I think Kansas giving themselves a little suspensions, they're going to lose the final four. The, the problem is that that's, that's a big deal to some people, but it certainly isn't a big deal to anyone who like involved in the sport. Like nobody, no, nobody goes, oh gosh, they had to take a banner down. My gosh, I know no one cares. Yeah, because basically it's like they lost a cloth. Oh my gosh, let's take the. I mean, let's really. It's like interior decorating. We're going to have to change our interior decorating. If that's the penalty, I don't think the fans are going to care too much. But what do I know? 
Yeah. Banners only mean so much because guess what? If you ask who won the 2013 NCAA championship, guess what people say? Louisville, right? No banner at the Yum Center, but they're yep. still considered by fans to be the champion. So you move yep. on. Um, we move on to a, uh, you know, really uplifting story in basketball. Caitlin Clark, um, the Iowa sharpshooter. What I, I, I'll be honest, one of my favorite athletes to watch in today's game anywhere. Um, she's just unbelievable. Great story here. She becomes the first collegian ever to sign on uh, on an NIL deal with State Farm. She and Jake going to be hanging out. Yeah, khaki pants and like a good neighbor. So, I mean, no, I, I think that it's really cool because it shows that women's basketball is becoming mainstream, especially NCAA women's basketball. And and it has interest. And, and this is like a, it's kind of a, I, I don't know how to say it, but maybe it's like a breaking kind of that glass ceiling. It, women, female athletes, professional female athletes don't make as much money as the male athletes, but college female athletes, are doing really, really well. The elite ones, the Caitlin Clarks, the, uh, the Reese, uh, Beckers, you know, at UConn, all those girls are making Olivia Dunn at LSU. They're making all kinds of money through NIL. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this is, this is like, we're, that we're in the big time now, um, for women's sports. When you get state farm, I don't know how bigger, mainer stream you can be than, than state farm. And this is a huge victory. Um, you know, she's kind of the Taylor Swift of of uh, college sports. And if you're in with State Farm, I don't see any male athlete in college sports doing that. So she may have not only got, um, you know, some credibility for women's sports, she may have passed up the men. Well, she's already got deals with Nike and Buick. And guess what, folks? Uh, she's going to come back for her fifth year because to your point, she'll make more as a fifth year senior at Iowa, which she can with the, you know, the final, final class of the COVID rules. Right. Uh, then she would in the WNBA, you know, WNBA players to make really big money. They go overseas in the WNBA off season. So why do that? You can stay here, get a, a grad degree and uh, make mega six figures. So I'm with you. I think it's great. Brad, you're right. Women's sports killing it. NIL. And uh, you know, I'm all here for it. Uh, great news there. Congrats to her uh, in the game of college basketball. And guess what? She stayed in school. So she's a familiar name that, that State Farm knows isn't going anywhere. So very cool. Hey, thanks for everyone who stopped by this week. Enjoy the games as always. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll see you right back here. Same time, same station next week. Take care. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of Big Sports Radio SEC. 